Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit saymythyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric, and in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, what are some of the causes of low T3 levels? Let's start by discussing the main thyroid hormones, or at least the main ones that are tested these days. There's T1, T2, but we still can't test for those. So the ones that are tested are thyroxine, which is T4, and triiodothyronine, which is T3. And so as far as what causes low thyroid hormones in general, again, not just T3, but low T4 and T3, so the most common cause of both of them being low Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is when the immune system damages the thyroid gland. You could have direct damage to the thyroid gland also by certain toxins like endocrine disruptors, uh, nutrient deficiencies, so being low in certain nutrients, such as iron, for example, that's important for thyroid hormone synthesis, amino acids such as tyrosine. So those are some of the more common causes. Again, Hashimoto is the most common cause of low thyroid hormone levels. But when it comes to low T3 and normal T4, which is really what I want to talk about here, is conversion of T4 to T3. So again, if you have both low T4, T3, then you're looking at damage directly to the thyroid gland and Hashimoto's. Even if you have Graves, if you have Graves disease, you could still have Hashimoto's antibodies. So you could test and might want to test the antithyroglobulin antibodies as well as the TPO or thyroid peroxidase antibodies. So if you have one or both of those, which are pretty common with Graves, especially those TPO antibodies, doesn't mean that you'll become hypothyroid and have low thyroid hormone levels. But over time, if the autoimmune component's not addressed, it definitely can lead to that. But a lot of people have normal T4 levels but lower T3 levels. And sometimes the T3 is overtly low, like it's below the lab range. Sometimes it's just on the lower side. So it's within the lab range, but less than optimal. I've had a lot of patients over the years with conversion issues, but I want to bring up a Graves patient because this Graves patient, obviously when I first started seeing her, the thyroid hormone levels were elevated. But then what happened is she started following the recommendations and thyroid hormone levels normalized, TSH increased. And then more recent labs or free T4 look good, not only from a lab standpoint, but from a reference range standpoint, her free T4 looked good. So I would say it was optimal, yet her free T3 was low, was like 1.7. And so usually I like to see, I would say optimal between three and 3.5. I know some people like to see it higher, but again, I see a lot of people with hyperthyroidism, so I definitely don't want to see free T3 too high. And I'd say free T4, like an optimal range between one, some will say 1.1 to 1.5. Again, it depends what units. I know that different labs, especially some people overseas, are using completely different units. So yeah, like where it's like 1.5 would be extremely low. And same thing with free T3, like a 3.5 would be low depending on the units. But for more common labs like LabCorp, Quest Diagnostics for free T3 again, like three to 3.5 is what I like to see. Free T4 between one and 1.5, let's say. 
so this person, again, getting back to this patient, free T4 looked good. Free T3 was 1.7, which was overtly low. And so what was wrong? Like what was causing a conversion problem? So let's talk about some of the factors that can cause a conversion problem. So there are some genetics that could play a role. I don't think that was the case with her. But if someone has normal T4, lower T3, and if things just aren't improving over time, we can't discount genetics. And then, so liver, gut, those play a role. This episode is being released right after my episode that I had with uh, Dr. Eric Balkovich, as he spoke about thyroid physiology and the cell danger response. So we were chatting a little bit, and a lot of practitioners, including myself, when we see conversion problems, we, we were taught that most of the conversion takes place in the liver, approximately 60% from what we were taught, and approximately 20% in the gut microbiome. So focusing on the liver and the gut, I mean, never a bad idea to do anyway when it comes to conversion problems. Those could be places to focus on. Other factors such as high cortisol, certain nutrient deficiencies such as iron and selenium uh, could be factors as well when it comes to the conversion. But Dr. Balkovich, he, he wasn't a big fan of the liver and gut. He was talking a lot about the cell danger response, which essentially like cell stress response and inflammation, just talking about inflammation being a factor when it comes to the conversion. And without question, inflammation is a big factor with many people with Graves disease, Hashimoto's, even non-autoimmune thyroid conditions, inflammation is huge. And you can't always go by testing. So there are tests such as CRP, C-reactive protein, and a sedimentation rate. Actually, during the interview, Dr. Balkovich, he spoke about some of the inflammatory markers just because I asked him about some of them. And, and we test a lot of the same things. But again, those could be negative, yet you could still have inflammation. Like, for example, CRP relates to what's called interleukin-6, which is a pro-inflammatory cytokine. So if CRP is elevated, you definitely have inflammation. But again, if it's negative, you could have other interleukins, other cytokines that are elevated. So it's not a perfect marker. He also mentioned ferritin. So still a little bit surprised that he says he doesn't like to see ferritin above 25. That's the first I heard that. Still really haven't had a chance to dive into, I don't know, really the research, because I don't think the research says what he said. I think it's, he gave me another source that I have to look into. But yeah, I mean, still over the years, I've focused on liver, gut, adrenals, which I think could play a role in conversion. But yeah, inflammation, I think without question, you want to do things to reduce inflammation. So if someone is focusing on liver, gut, and their adrenals are optimal, and T3 is still low and T4 is looking good. Again, maybe there's genetics, but maybe there's still an inflammatory component that needs to be addressed. Now, I will say, getting back to this person that had the normal free T4, or should I say optimal free T4, yet her free T3 was 1.7, I will say that she had low iron. So her iron panel was I believe her iron saturation was specifically low, maybe her serum iron. I forget if it was out of range or on the lower side, but either way, that could play a role. So that's one of the things we're focusing on, getting those iron levels up and see if that helps with the conversion. And then she also had some gut issues too. So that's something to look at. And then with the liver, it's 
really difficult to tell because you could look at a comprehensive metabolic panel, look at liver enzymes, uh, AST, ALT, but those are indicators of liver damage. That doesn't mean that the liver is functioning optimally, even if those look good, especially from like a detoxification standpoint, there could be issues with that, even if AST and ALT are well within the range. Another marker that I like to test is called GGT, another liver enzyme that's not part of a comprehensive metabolic panel. So sometimes we'll see AST, ALT looking good, but GGT elevated. And sometimes we'll see all three of those looking low. But anyway, this person low iron, gut issues, so definitely going to look to address those. I'll also say that even though she had a history of Graves, her antibodies look good, which is great. So from a Graves disease standpoint, it really does look like that she's in remission, even though, again, her gut is not optimal. So from an optimal health standpoint, I wouldn't say she's there yet. But from a Graves disease standpoint, if she walked into any endocrinologist office, definitely based on her thyroid panel, she wouldn't be diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. But even with their antibodies, her Graves disease antibodies were normal, which is great. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give this case study, but also talk about T4, T3. Obviously, in Hashimoto's, it's also very common for people to have conversion problems as well. So reverse T3, I won't get into that here because we did talk about that in the interview. So if you didn't check out the thyroid physiology interview with Dr. Eric Balkavich, definitely check that out. We spoke about reverse T3. I spoke about reverse T3 in a separate Q&A episode too, but that's something that you could look at as well. But really, if you see T4 looking good and T3 on the lower side, then that's a pretty good indication that you have a conversion problem. So that is my answer to the question, what are some of the causes of low T3 levels? Again, if both T4 and T3 are low, then we're looking at Hashimoto's or environmental toxins directly affecting the thyroid gland, maybe sometimes nutrient deficiencies. I didn't mention iodine when I said nutrients. I mean, there's controversy with iodine, but obviously if someone's deficient in iodine, that could be a problem too. Too much iodine is not good, but iodine being low is not good. So that also could be a cause of both thyroid hormone levels being low. And then the conversion of T4 to T3. So again, liver, gut, adrenals, but definitely we also want to pay attention to inflammation. So as usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be super valuable, and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.